Hello, hello, hello. We are back to the purpose here with Kevin, Cody, and Nelson. Um, Howdy. Hello, hello. How we doing? We all had a good week? Yeah. Yeah, so far. Good, 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 good. Bringing up some news today. We've had a... Had quite the week. We had a big debate this week. Did you guys catch that? Yes, I did. I watched the entire thing. The entire thing. Yes. Cody? 20 minutes. 20 minutes is all you can handle? Yeah, 20 minutes. I made it about 40, and that was about it. <laughs> was there any point that you... I, this I caught myself, and I heard people kind of making comments of this, and I mean, it makes sense to me, but was there at any point where you put your head down or you just looked away awkwardly or it just got weird and you're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I paced a lot. I just paced around the living room watching it. I was, I mean, I, it's almost like, it was almost like being in the room with two guys who get into an argument and you can't get it to stop. Like, you know, I've been in that situation and, you know, like if you if you can walk up and just say, just stop, guys, come on, just walk away. But it was like you when you can't, and I I caught myself like putting my head down, and like like scrolling through something. I don't even know what it was because I wasn't paying attention to even what I was scrolling through. But it was like I was a, I. It felt so awkward that I had to look away from the right, TV. Right. Right. But yeah. that's how that's how bad it was. It's kind of like you know, like if two guys are fighting over a game and you're both watching the game and you just want it to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just was, awkward. Like I just, I don't want to be in this room. Right. Yeah. Or like going to a wedding and listen to somebody sing for one of the people that's getting married, and they're so <laughs> awful, and you're like and watching them, and you're just like, and you're in that painful face, like, oh, <laughs> the auditions of American Idol. Yes, your, your eye starts yeah. twitching a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you want to like it because they love them. Yeah. Uh. No. And then you, every time you listen to the song, you just can't like stop thinking about that song when they sung it. It's never happened to me before. No, no, no. no. Clearly, you've yeah. never Clearly. experienced anything like that. What uh, What was the date exactly of that, uh, of that wedding? 1974, and I was born in 87. <laughs> Smart move. Uh, well, Trump nominated his Supreme Court kit pick for uh, the replacement of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I know you pay attention to these things. Like, what? Like, who is this lady, and what do you think about her? Her name is Amy Coney Barrett. I don't know a whole lot about her. Um I know she's a pretty strong conservative voice, which is which is good for the Supreme Court. Um, we kind of need that on that end. Uh, I know she has seven children. Two of them have been adopted from Haiti. Uh, her youngest, I think, is uh, diagnosed with Down syndrome. Um, she was she was a professor at George Washington University and Notre Dame University at the law schools there. She graduated from Notre Dame too. Correct. Well. Yeah. Correct. Top of her class. Yeah. And her husband's, yeah. Top of her class. And her husband's from Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, seems like a real strong family. Uh, strong, devout Catholic. Um, could be a good voice to hear on the Supreme Court for the next few years. We'll see how the whole. Oh, uh, I think she'll, they'll get her in. You think they'll get her in before the election? I, and all yeah. That? I mean, I, you know, I will say, I'll give. Trump is dues like in in that regard he has done some incredible things with with his nominations and even uh appointing what how many judges over is 300 over, was it over 300 that's what something he said. Yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. I didn't it's, fact check it, that honestly that's incredible that is incredible he has been I mean in so many ways he's been good for this country um you know and and but He's, you know, and, and going back to the debate a little bit, like, he's just so argumentative. There's so many points in that debate where if he would have just stayed on topic, or right, if he yeah. would have just stated the facts Fact. of what he's done and just let them stand on themselves instead of trying to make it very personal and, like, attack this guy's education, his family, you know. Yes, the guy's been in office I, what do you or say? Forty-seven, 47 years. years, and he hasn't done much. Like right. he's not, you know. He, I mean, I, I remember him saying he said, "I've done more in forty-seven months than you've done in forty-seven years." Right. And that just stopped there. Right. You know. Yeah. There's so many times if he just would have just allowed that to be, but instead, it just berating, coming across as a bully, um, being demeaning, very egotistical. Like, I, you know. Trump wins that debate hands down if he if he doesn't seem like a 
like a child. I mean, that's what he seemed like. And, you know, the other thing like that's disappointing, and, and I thought a lot about this, you know, as I was watching it, but what was the um, the commentator the or the... Uh, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace. You know, I I don't know much about Chris Wallace. I know that he does these things, and he must be respected, you know, to, to get a, appointed to do that. But I... The office of president, regardless of how you feel about it, should be respected. And not that I think he was wrong in saying, hey, listen, but like to lecture like he did, it just, it was embarrassing to the, me as, a, as, as someone from, from this country. The whole world is watching this. Yes. Yes. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for our nation. Right. I was embarrassed for that 90 minutes of, of television. I was embarrassed, you know, just about the whole thing. And, and it really, like even today as I thought about it, and I, I've stayed off social media. I've stayed off people's comments about it just because I just don't care. Like I need to process it for myself, you know. But I, I had a real... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it other than just to say a real fear about the future of this country. Um, maybe for the first time, you know. And and when Obama was was elected and everybody said, oh, he's horrible, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was like, you know what? You know, there's some things that he's done that's good that, you know, I'm not, I'm not you know, you, you can't ruin a country in, in, in eight years. Um, Hillary, it, you know, you think, no one liked her. I mean, very few people liked her, so it wasn't... But, like, I, I really do. I mean, for two ways. If Trump gets elected, I think some really good things can continue to happen. But still, the damage that he's done to the office of president in the United States may never be repaired again. Like, this may be what it is. Even if you get good people. You know, I, I mean, I just don't... I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know the, how anyone could get in there and not be criticized I mean it's just progressively gotten worse since Bush Jr. you know George Bush Jr. got in you know just I, it's progressively gotten more combative towards that office and disrespected you know um, and I just I don't know I don't know how it recovers from that and, I, and I'm not trying to like <laughs> be like all sad and like melancholy about this, you know, but, but it's just the truth. Yeah. And, and, and for the first time, like there was a real fear, like what does the future hold regardless of who's elected? Right. Yeah. Where does it lead? Mm-hmm. Now that I've set the tone, let's play some really sad music. <laughs> that's your sad music. Huh? That's, that's, that's the best music I got. Uh, we, we, I think we need Nate back. Yeah, yeah. You definitely need your MC back. Yeah, I'm sitting. He in. does in sync songs. <laughs> yeah. What, bye bye bye. <laughs> I'm glad he's not here to defend himself for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was the news for this week. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We uh, this week. Um, in the sermon, we were, we're still in the book of Jeremiah. We're talking about living in a fragmented culture, you know, and, and taking a look at Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, and, and him actually ministering in a time of, uh, you know, much like we see today. And really, like, how do we live in a fragmented culture? And the, the big thing that we discussed was how our identities are formed. You know, and and how appropriate is that in the sense of, you know, we may be disappointed, we may be embarrassed, you know, about the debate, we may we may even fear, you know, the future of of this nation, but our identities are not formed in the things of this world, you know, by the policies that are created, the politics of the day, even even the hot topic issues, our identities are formed in Christ and Christ alone. And and when that is the foundation that we stand on, as 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 children of God, then regardless of what happens, um, we are firm and we can stand on that. And so that gives us hope, especially in Christ and the cross. Um, and and so that was the the focus. If you want to check that out, go uh, jump on Facebook um, or 
what is the other Vimeo is the other thing we use for that for for videos of our sermons. You can check that out. Um, I, but I think it's an important issue for today, especially with all the all the things that are that are going around. Um, moving into our topic, we kicked around some ideas and. Uh, Nelson had suggested talking about what does it look like to be a spiritual leader in your home. Um, and I think it, I, I, it's a topic where we can't just talk about men. Uh, we got ladies who listen to the show too. And so we, we need to talk about, you know, the home dynamic, you know, in both, in regard to both those things. And I think even maybe this is a topic in the future that having a female come on and join us and you know as we discuss this would be a really a really good thing or even like a, a married couple you know that we could have come in and and talk a little bit about their personal dynamic and I think we'll probably get into some of that stuff for for our homes um, but you know I, I think the way that I see kind of the flow of this going is talking about what each of us, our experiences of, of what we think that means. Um, and then in turn, maybe people that have inspired us or we've look at and say, Hey, listen, like, you know, this has been a good model for me and, and has helped me grow in ways that we've grown in that. But then, you know, also like, what is it actually, what does scripture say? And then how does that play out? Um, just in, in, in our, in our lives and how can we, we better serve that. So, you know, just starting there, you know, what are your guys' thoughts? What, what is a, what is a spiritual leader in your opinion look like? And how are you a spiritual leader in your home? I, you know, I, I think it comes down to <clears throat> like where you're, you're helping to build that foundation of faith through your family. Um, and just helping to instill that as a normal day-to-day practice uh, and a way you respond to events or occasions or how you approach problems or and, and work through that as a family. I think it's important to be that, like to set that tone and set that foundation. And when there is uh, a dilemma or a dynamic or an issue that that needs to be addressed, that you can look through it through the, you know, the lens of God and to look to God for the direction in that. And, and that will help guide your family in that direction. Practically, like, like you, Nelson Combs, how, like, in what ways do you see yourself as a spiritual leader? In your life? Um, <clears throat> focusing on like, we've, uh, focusing on prayer in the household, uh, focusing on getting into the word more How do you, family. like, what does that look like? Give me our give prayer. Me, walk, or, walk me through what uh, that looks like, you know, in day Claire, in, day out. Claire's too. Um, we've started a fun practice of asking who she wants to pray for every night. Uh, we pray before bed every night and it's the, one of the better parts of the day. Um, a lot of times we pray for Nani and Gobi and Una and the bubble guppies. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, and, and it is, bubble, and, it's, bubble, bubble, bubble and it's really, it is, it's really encouraging to see even at her young age, like who is in her mind and that she cares about and thinks, you know, if we, she hears us talking about someone that's going through something and, and she brings it up at that time where she can tell that we've been discussing a, you know, a family or a group of people that we're talking about. And she'll bring it back up at prayer time, and it really, it really sets you back. Yeah. And then that, and it starts there. You know, um, that's the biggest change in, since we've had Claire is the, just the outwardly like prayer life that we've had in our house in our home. Uh, that was the thing that was probably pretty private, or if at times non-existent in our in our family. Um, but with Claire and with. Uh, it's very as as you as you gentlemen know about um, having children. It's very humbling as to where your place is, and uh, it leaves you needing a lot of help. And so it just really opens your eyes up to to, to the importance of prayer and how important that is. Let me ask you another question. This is going to be a harder one to answer. Okay. Go to your next, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember all these questions. <laughs> Hey, your questions are going to be different. Good. <laughs> Much harder. <laughs> Not good. And I know this is personal, so 
but I again, I think it's important to talk about, and and you know, I think we have to be careful about how we talk about this. But I think it it needs to be discussed in regard to this subject. What does your wife think, good and bad, of your spiritual leadership? I would say, um, I would say there's times where she definitely feels that I'm not being a good leader. I mean, I'll be open to say that, that there's times that I struggle with getting in the word or uh, making my decisions based on God instead of selfish decisions. Um, And there's just times where I know she might not outwardly say it, but you know in your heart that you've let her down in that way. Um, And, you know, um, and she definitely has motivated me at times to, to focus on what's really important. So you think prayer, Bible reading, or definitions of a spiritual leader, what else? Um, being a servant to the family. I really think um, being Christ-like in your family and just uh, the term was, was um, servant leader um, and being you want to be a leader of that household, but you need to serve them as Christ served us and and put everything out there for them, as I think every one of us would do for our families. And do you have anybody in, in your life that you would say has been a good model of those things for um, you personally? I mean, my family, um, even at, you know, at times that I would feel that that's, you know, even growing up, there were times of that. Um, there's families that I just, um, I grew up with, friends of mine, their parents were just godly people. And I just knew that, even when I was struggling and I wasn't their child, I was crying at their in their kitchen, and and they were helping me through things. Particularly when my parents got divorced, I went to my friend Justin's parents' house. That's where I went, and that was a safe place for me. And um, they've just always really been a like an example of what a godly family looks like. What, like, what would you say, like, these were the things that I keyed in on and I said, I want, when, when I have a family, I want these things in, in our, in our, in our family There's as well. So many times you see a family member or, or a family and, um, they were just, they were just giving. You were always welcome there. You were, they were always working with the church. They were always working with their kids. They were always helping their kids and they were always, there and with open arms and just really selflessly. I mean, they could have been focused on their careers or their jobs or their hobbies or whatever, but their important, the most important thing to, you know, them, they, they could have gone on any vacation they wanted to. They could go anywhere they want to. And they're on a ski trip with a youth group for a vacation. And, you know, the older you get this, you see how hard it is to get out of work and that's a sacrifice to make. And that's where they're spending their time. Um, but I, you know, I just say their selflessness and just how they, that was their priority over anything. This is a question for both of you. How well do you feel you stack up to other people in regard to spiritual leadership in your home? I beat myself up all the time. That's the way I am. I, I, I tear myself down more than I build myself up. So you feel up. like a failure in that regard a lot compared of times. to other people, yes. other families? yes. I feel inadequate for sure. And I don't know if that's a uh, lack of knowledge or lack of trust or faith, but um, I, I absolutely feel that way sometimes. I feel like maybe that, but I would say, no, I don't feel. I, I know <clears throat> that the reason for a lot of men that's the case is because they don't have a good definition of what being a spiritual leader is, I, I think. I I know. <laughs> I'm, uh, too often I say I think. <laughs> it gets me out of a lot of things. What do, you, what do you think, Cody? Like, How do you feel like you stack up to other people? I would mirror his answer. Yeah. I mean, that's you. if you're any person of passion, I think there's always room for improvement, so you constantly are hard on yourself. So I think that's pretty consistent for a lot of people, especially if they're passionate at being a spiritual leader of their home. And I think you'll never measure up to, because we're supposed to be like Christ. We'll never measure up to Christ. So you're always chasing that. 
but there's so many things and afflictions in this world to, to, and, and sin in this world to make it where you feel like you're a failure or you're, you know, you look at somebody else's circumstance and you think that you're failing, but in reality, God's just working in, in, in you or wanting to work in you. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a guy that's critical of myself as well. So I would agree with what Nelson said. And <clears throat> like, do you, when you look, when you look at like spiritual leadership, are are there any times where you guys feel like, well, I'm better than that guy? I would say I, rarely. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think of spiritual leadership as competition. Yeah. I try not to. I mean, we do, but I don't really emphasize competition. And, it's and, more or less just like, I want to be Christ-like, and this guy's really. I feel like this guy is really good at being a spiritual leader in his home, or at least he. I perceive him to be. Uh, so I need to keep moving forward in my faith, and I want to catch up to where he's at. And it's really. I mean, every dynamic's different. Every family behind the walls is an entirely different situation. So it'd be really hard to stack yourself up against someone else. If you guys had to stack yourselves up against each other, who's better, Nelson? <laughs> Cody's armed right now, so <laughs> no, I'm not. Because <laughs> I feel like we should make it a competition. Are you trying to get a debate out of us? <laughs> Can we make this personal? <laughs> Just shut up, man. <laughs> you clown. <laughs> you graduated the last year class. <laughs> That's non DJ ish or whatever you call this. <laughs> um, Cody, going to you, like define what you would say a good spiritual leader is? Well, I would look at just the term leadership and, and, and that's a common phrase in the place that I work. And I would say that a leader is humble. I would say that a leader is stable, but also adaptable. Um, I think that a leader is strong in communication. And I would say that a leader also is um, constructively a good criticist or is a good constructive criticist in times of need. Um, and then when you add the spiritual aspect to it, it's more or less just everything that, you know, the Bible says and, and how we're supposed to live our life, you know, and, and putting that into that, that leadership role. So what does that look like for you personally? Like what ways do you carry that out in your home? Well, I, I feel like that I'm a, I'm the, the, the stability in my home. Um, I'm the the calm, steady in my house. Um, I'm not so much in praying as well as I should, um, you know, and that's something that Paige emphasizes in our family, and she does a really good job. Um, you know, I I feel like in my home, I try to represent when trials and triumphs come, how to remain humble and how to be thankful even in the hard times. And we've we've done a lot of that in the last three, four years, five years. And so just trying to show my kids that by act through action, that, you know, life still goes on and, there, and our, our mission on this earth is not done. And when God's time is is, is, is our, our time to go to heaven and, 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 you know, leave this world, then, you know, those things will happen. But until then, we continue to live our life and, and take the punches and, and keep moving forward or take the triumphs and, and keep our head steady and, and keep moving forward and not let anything get to us and bother us and know that, you know, we're here for a purpose and a reason. And just, like I said, just living life and, and showing my girls through action, how, how to live a good life and be a good person. In what ways would you say your wife feels like maybe you're lacking in those, in, in, in spiritual leadership? Well, I mean, I'm not a perfect man. Um, you know, I I have my flaws just like anybody else. You know, I, I feel like there are times that I do well and there's times that I don't. Um, but I would say, are you asking like what she thinks I can improve on or like? What are you- yeah, just in that conversation, like a spiritual leadership, because I think it's, you know, what I what I've recognized is you know, there are, you know, there are areas where my wife thinks, okay, you're not a spiritual leader in our home. Right. Because of. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but before I got married to Paige, she said, 
you have to be the spiritual leader of my home. And if she's like, if you can do that, then I'll marry you. And I agreed to that. So, but I would say that, you know, one of the things that I struggle with is affection. I'm not an affectionate person. Um, you know, and, and that's something that I think a leader needs to be, especially a spiritual leader is showing affection when needed. And, and so I would say I struggle in that aspect and I fail in that aspect many, many, many times. Um, and I don't know, like I said, I mean, I can give you pinpoint examples of times that I've failed. Um, yes, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> what you said you can. No. Well, I mean, like, you know, there's, there, there's been times that, you know, I think we can all agree to this. I've said things to my wife in front of my kids that I probably shouldn't have said, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and it wasn't a good representation of what a spiritual leader spiritual leader looks like. So you would say consistency then? Consi- yeah, stability, consistency. Yeah. And, you know, but there's also been times that I've said really great things to my wife, and I was glad my kids were there to witness it, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's just an imperfect person trying to live in an imperfect world, serving a perfect God. You know, it's, it's hard to uh, measure up to that. But we try, and we strive. I agree. Um, I'll get to the next one so you guys can think about this. And, and maybe this, maybe this is too much like the last thing kind of that I asked you guys, just failures. Where do you feel like you failed where in, in spiritual leadership in your home? Um, um, but if I, you know, going back and answering some of those questions for me, I, I do take the praying thing very serious. Um, I don't always have the best prayer life myself, uh, but I make it a point to pray with the kids every night and allow them to pray. Like, I, I put them to bed. Sometimes we'll do it together. You know, we'll have a little devotion at night. I've been, I wish I could remember the name of the book. Emma just got it. She's so good about getting stuff like that, books and things. But she she saw a book on a, on a, um, uh, Ann Voss Camp, I think is a lady she really likes a lot. And she saw on her, on her end table, like this, this kid's devotional book thing. It's Psalms and Proverbs and she got it. It is awesome. It is so awesome. I, we'll need to. I need to get it, and we can we can plug it for you know uh, attach it to the sure, uh, yeah. to the uh, to this podcast. But um, she got that book, and uh, and so it has like introduction, but it's it's directed to kids, and it kind of talks about God as creator, God as being kind and good and a lot of these different things. And then I can just kind of piggyback off of it and ask the kids like, where have you seen this? You know, what, what does this look like in, in practical, you know, application? And, you know, Nora, she's seven. So she's, it's much easier with her with Paul. Um, he's four and, and he, uh, he, he zones in and out, but there are certain things that will catch his attention. Like, and he'll, he'll really key in on, but we'll have a night, you know, where we do that. And, uh, and then we'll pray together and and I have them pray. And sometimes it's, you know, Hey God, thank you for God. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. Some nights it's, you know, surprising and they'll go in depth with some of their prayers and, and it's, and it's really neat to see them. But I've, I've made that a comp, like a very, and then every morning when I take them to school, um, I have them pray on the way, uh, to, to drop them off. And, you know, so I, I've been good in that regard. Um, I, when I'm a, when I'm able, when I'm not too busy, um, or there isn't a lot going on at night, I try to make time for the kids, you know, uh, where I'll spend just laughing, tickling, you know, laying and watching a show together, you know, just spending time with them. You know, it's hard for me you know, physically after a long day of work to go out and jump on the trampoline. <laughs> you know, Nora's always one, no, Nora, I'm not going to go jump on the trampoline. But, you know, stuff like that. But trying to include them, trying to take them, trying to be present, you know, when they're there, which is very difficult for me. My mind's always thinking about something or, you know, focused on on something else. And so I have to constantly remind myself to be present with them. 
because, and I just, I think, you know, I'm, I'm 39, I'm going to be 40 in February. Um, and, and having kids a little bit later in life has been a, a blessing, not energy wise, not my energy level, <laughs> but it's been a blessing in, in being able to step out of myself and kind of realize how important these moments are in time. Cause I hear a lot of people who have kids that are younger who will say, you don't realize how fast that goes and how much you miss out on when, when, when you're distracted. It's easier to be distracted. I think when we're younger and not think like that. And mm-hmm. I would just say that if you, if you're a young person, if you have kids, like don't, don't just look at an older person who says, Hey, listen, it, you know, enjoy this time. Like don't let this just, go by the wayside or go by, but like actually embrace this. I, I would, I would mimic those words. You know, that's super important where I have, I, I have definitely lacked is maybe, and I've, t- I, I've been candid about this recently, just even in, in my marriage and, and failing to lead my wife. Well, um, I don't know how you guys do with this, but like, even if we go to bed at the same time, which rarely happens because, you know, she during, especially during when she's at work, like when she's working, she'll be up, you know, late, late working almost every night. And, and so I'll go to bed and then she'll come to bed much later and I'll already be asleep. But I have a hard time even praying with her. Like, and I, I pray professionally. (laughs) 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 <laughs> if that's a real thing, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But even as a, even as someone who pray, who I, you know, I, I was at, they had a, uh, the fire department got together for a, for a uh, picture to put together for the Howard family. And Becky, of course, is going through some really difficult things with her cancer diagnosis and treatments and things with that. And as I've said, it doesn't look good, but we all got together to take a picture and this was fireboard, you know, all the firefighters. Um, the staff, everybody, and and right before we went out, they're like, you know, they asked me to pray. You know, at the drop of a hat, I can do that. But when it comes to praying with my wife, there is something, and I and I can't see how it's not the enemy, you know, trying to get his grubby fingers in between you and your spouse. That is a hard thing to do. And I challenge people all the time in marriage counseling, pray with your wife. I don't know. Again, is this? Am I the only one here? Like, do you? Is this something like? It's a hang up for me. It is a real hang up for me to say, "Hey, babe, let's pray," and then take the time and do that. I don't want to. Even when I've sat in bed at night and knew the Holy Spirit was saying, "Pray with your wife," and I fought the Holy Spirit because I didn't want to do it, even though I knew I should. You, have you guys ever experienced that? Like, do you do you experience that at all? No, because that's my biggest struggle is praying. So, yeah, that's praying is, yeah, I'm, I struggle with that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, you know, I put a lot on of it. Like, you know, like, well, Taylor knows what's going on. You know, Taylor knows what's going on in my life. You know, and and you take it for granted that, um. They, they, that they know what's on your heart and what's on your mind and that they're speaking to God about the same thing. And, and really you need to come together and do that. And it's, I mean, it's, it is amazing how difficult that can be. Cause I've been in that, you know, similar situations where even I've been prompted by Taylor to pray and it's, and it's, you know, a shame, you know, shameful to say that, you know, you're almost reluctant to do it at times and almost know? angry. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, I've I've experienced that, yeah. And, I mean, where does that, I mean, probably is, you know, the enemy, you're right, trying to put a wedge in between you and to plant that seed. And I think it's it's amazing how easy it is to drift, you know, in regard to your spouse, to, to, have these expectations that you're on the same page, that, that you want the same things. And the reality is her view of what a spiritual leader is may be entirely different than what my view of being a spiritual leader is. And then just taking that other person for granted. And like you say, just 
I know what you're thinking, you know what I'm thinking, so we're just going to do our thing. That is not being intentional, mm-hmm. you know, in spiritual leadership. And that's been a, a big failure for me. I mean, I, I, I fail in that. Um, and, and I think, too, going back to, you know, what I said, you know, initially, I, I think our definitions of what spiritual leadership is is very different. Nelson, you said this. You said every home's going to be different. Um, and that's what I would say. You know, every home is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And what you do and the role you fill as a spiritual leader in that is going to look different. And it is unfair to compare yourself to other people in that regard. In this sense, you know, you know, we don't talk about money. We don't talk about sex. We don't talk about, you know, you know, a lot of things, you know, in our culture. Um, and because of that, when it comes to finance and, and, and things like that, like we look at other people in their situation, we see them driving this vehicle, we see them living in this home, we see them wearing these clothes, and we assume a lot of things when, in fact, financially, we may be in a much better place than a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. But we automatically assume that we're that everybody else, their marriage is better than ours, their kids are better than ours, yeah. their finances are better than ours. We always do that. We always assume that. And this is what I'd say. It's because we don't really know. Mm-hmm. When you really get to know somebody, and, and you guys have probably experienced this, when you really get close to another couple and you start to see, you know, the the fabric is frayed in these areas, and, you, and you're like, they're not as good as I thought they were, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you get, you get, your eyes get open to the reality that we, we can hide so much. You know, you guys aren't privy to the to the arguments that I have with my wife. You aren't privy to, you know, the failures that I have in my life. And so when you look at me on Sunday mornings getting up and talking about these theological and biblical things, you think, oh man, you know, like like you know, I know what Cody would say, he'd say, like he's not a really good preacher, but like he knows a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but when you look at that, like it's easy to put on a facade of what that should be, and then just to assume so many other things about that because they look a certain way. But if you were to come home and spend, you know, time as a ghost in the corner, you know, watching me perform as a husband and as a father, you would see a lot of holes in my life. And and that's with everyone. And I think it's not fair even to even to make that comparison because the way my personality and my marriage and my wife's personality and my kids and how they should be parented are completely different than yours. You know, I mean, Cody, you have a very unique situation with Paisley, mm-hmm. you know, in, in her being, you know, um, not your biological child. And right. so, you know, you get to see that in a very big, so I, I have, there's no comparison in my life to that. Yeah. There's no, I mean, you know, and, and for me to, to, to assume or think negative or positive things in regard to that, well, I I can only view that from afar. And so, and I think that, that, that on our part, we have to eliminate that piece of, of what that is, what those expectations are. You know, we have scriptures like first Corinthians 11, three, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the wife is her husband, and the head of, of Christ is God. First Peter 3, 7, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you uh, of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Ephesians 5, and 23, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Now, we we put a lot of emphasis on prayer. We put a lot of emphasis on Bible 
and reading and understanding. But the reality is, I, I would say this, who, I know, I know the answer to this in, in your home, but who, who has the, who has the, who controls the finances in your home, in your homes? Uh, it's more Taylor than I am. Okay. Yeah. Same page. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that is a failure on your part? Not at all. Okay. No. No. <laughs> not at all. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Not at all. In 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 my in our situation, I I I I do the finances. I'm not perfect at it, but for me, that's a spiritual leadership thing. You know, because when I think about our finances, I'm not just thinking about how do we pay our bills, but I'm thinking about how do we tithe? How do we give our money? So for me, that's a big deal. Now, I don't know that Emma would view that as a spiritual leadership thing. Maybe she would. I've never asked her. But for me, it definitely is. You know, um, the, the whole praying with the kids every night, that's a, that's a big deal for me. Now, again, you said, you know, that's, that's Paige's thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm sure there are things that you do in your home that your wife would look at and say, you know what? I don't, I don't know that I think that's a spiritual leadership thing. Um, and, and, and so I think it's unfair, even like the criticisms that we may get from our spouses in that regard, because there are things that that you may do really well that they just never say anything about. Like you're saying, we just kind of take that for granted, but there are other times where there may be things that they don't think are spiritual leadership that you absolutely deep down in your soul say, this is a leadership providing for your families. Do you think that's a spiritual leadership thing? Like going to work and and doing well and provide. I don't know that everyone would say that. Yeah. You know, they would, they would think that as a, just a normal, like husband thing, not a, but that absolutely is because you were created by God to be a provider. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, he, he wrote that in your DNA as, as something that, that gives you life, that gives you meaning and I think that's a lot of times why you see depression in, in certain homes where men have lost their jobs and, and they're relying on their wives to to be the breadwinners, you know, in, in whatever way. That can be very difficult in a in a marriage if it's not handled properly because I think for a lot of men that's that's where they stand. And so I think defining spiritual leadership becomes much more nuanced and compli- complicated. Because it's not going to be the same. It's not always going to look like like everyone else. And it's not fair for us to beat ourselves up because our definition is not the same as the guy down the road or even what your wife may think it mm-hmm. is. I don't know. Thoughts, thoughts on this stuff. I've talked for a while. What, what do you guys think? I think one thing that really sat on me while you were talking about that is, and this sounds silly and simple, and I mean, maybe we should ask our wives <laughs> how you they mean have a conversation, have a conversation, and ask them about you know where you know where we're lacking, where we're succeeding, where, and have a discussion about where we feel like we're you know where we feel like we are serving the family, and maybe where they feel like we need to serve better, or, or if we can, you know articulate how we feel like we are serving, they might be able to appreciate that more. Not, not, I'm not saying that our wives don't appreciate what we do, but uh, I, I think, you know, listening to you speak about that, that's the direction that I take it is I need to talk with my wife about where for my family, does she feel like that I'm lacking and I'm succeeding to hear that so I can work on that. Do you feel intimidated by your wife's spirituality versus your own in any way? Like she's more spiritual? I would say when we first got married, for me, yes. But I think, again, it's not really a competition, but I feel like I'm in a better place to lead my family now than I ever have been. So, so you feel very confident in that role now? Yeah, confident, yeah. Yeah, confident um, with the understanding that I still make mistakes. But yeah, confident and um, reliable and uh, con- more consistent for my children than I've ever been. So 
that's something that, you know, it's came a long way. God's really worked with me the last few years on that. And so it's been able to allow him to do that. You know, that's, it's been a cool thing. I know when my mom and dad got married, uh, they were 18 and 19 years old. And my mom was not a Christian until maybe right before they got married. And when she became a Christian, she has a very, um, very strong personality and a very, uh, like, you know, she draws people in and just a very, she just, she goes after things. You know, if she comes up with an idea, not only does she go after it, but she goes after it just with everything she is. She pours herself into it and, and just, you know, grows in leaps and bounds and whatever she wants to do. I remember she wanted to learn how to make the best rolls and (laughs) she took a month and got every recipe that she could think of and just started making rolls every night, made rolls, made rolls, made rolls, made rolls, different recipe, different recipe until she found and perfected it. And she does make unbelievable <laughs> rolls. I mean, it was a good month. They, yes, it was a, it was a fantastic, there were some days, you know, but like she, that's, you know, that's, the, that's how she is. So when she became a Christian, she exploded and just soaked everything up and grew so fast. And I remember it was very intimidating for dad. He'd been a Christian his whole life. Have very, been very consistent in his in his growth in Christ, um, and there were things about that that my mom absolutely looked up to in him as a spiritual leader. But she was much more vocal, and so it became very intimidating for him. And I, Nelson, I know like you didn't grow up in the church, and so and I, I believe your wife was a Christian uh, before you guys met, yes. and, and and had been in the church a little bit, yeah. Much more up, than yeah. you up to up to that point, and so you entered your relationship much like Cody in the sense that you maybe you felt. Yeah. So where is that now? Like, do you do you feel like spiritually like she's stronger in that area? I I, I don't I don't really um, I think, um, I think you can experience this like the spirituality in different ways. I, I don't I'm not intimidated by hers. So I'm more in, more encouraged by the different. Um, just by the different way that she looks at things and that she can interpret things more than intimidated by it for sure. Good. Yeah. No, that's, that's, and, and I would just say like, as a, you know, a side note there, if, if you find yourself in that place where there's maybe an intimidation or even women, if you feel like you want, you know, your husband to step up in that role in, in, in a different way, I, I, w- I would say this, Guys are, are not going to intuit like women. <laughs> we we need it to be very plain. Very simple. Very clear <laughs> directions. You know, but I think I think there there are some things that we can do that, that are harmful to our spouse. One is um to be critical. Uh because I know as a man, you know, when my wife criticizes my spiritual leadership that does not make me want to be better. It, it makes me mad mm-hmm. and it makes me want to almost go against her. Now I'm, you know, I'm mature enough to not allow that to dictate what I do, but I know that it, it could be dangerous mm-hmm. in certain situations to take that criticism the wrong way. And so I would say, you know, to, to you women, if you want that, then, then you need to praise the things that it does well, <laughs> you know, like, and when he does something wrong, like try to be helpful and not critical because again, you, you have, you can create moments where there's a stonewalling where it, it is cut off. You know, it is shut down because of, of an intimidation of a, of an anger of a disrespect is a big thing for, for men feeling disrespected and saying, okay, well, if that's how you feel, then I'm just not going to try, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but celebrating those things, being encouraging, praying for your spouse uh, in 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 their leadership and in 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 whatever ways um, that they think, and and I think this is another big one, and this is something I need to do. I think having a vision of what your family looks like spiritually would be a big deal. Um, casting that vision, talking about 
what that looks like in your home. I mean, you said this, like, I need to have that conversation with her about these things. Well, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. And when we don't, like, I think, you know, we're cutting, it's like cutting off our limb, one of our limbs, you know, we're working with one arm instead of two uh, that we have access to, you know, so uh, those are, those are really, really big things. Thoughts, Cody? You know, I was just sitting here kind of talking back and forth. One of the things that kind of popped out in my head when, when you initially asked, what does a leader, a spiritual leader look like? Um, you know, I think at times, especially in a household with a husband and a wife and kids, I think being a spiritual leader also means allowing others in the house to lead in specific times in life. And, you know, there's so many assets that Paige offers in our marriage and in our family that I am not good at. Right. And I think back to like, there's times that like when in, in my marriage, when it's, when it's getting rough, like I'm a analytical thinker, I think deep. And in those times when I actually get to think and, and process things, the best times in my marriage have been when I've understood and accepted that when I'm weak, Paige is strong. And when, when I'm strong, Paige is weak and we, we asset each other very well, but there's also these other times and you know, there's a handful of times, not many, but there's been times where both of us are too weak, but we've always knew that God was stronger, you know? And so in those times in relying on him, it has carried our marriage through. And again, I'm not saying our marriage is perfect. I'm saying whenever, when in those times of our marriage, when things are going well, that's because we put that focus there that, you know, I recently had some th- health concerns and, you know, and it's kind of made me a weak to an extent, but Paige is such a giving, loving person. That's where she's strong in our marriage. That's, that's where she leads. And I can't, I'm not like when she's sick, I suck at taking care of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I, when I had the flu, I have the man flu, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm dying on the couch and, and, uh, she's, she's got me a little tote with all the stuff I need to take and, and my snacks and my drinks. When she's sick, I'm just, I throw a blanket and I'm like, good luck. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I mean like that's, that's, that's a prime example, you know, that's something that, um, I don't appreciate enough and I don't let her know how much I appreciate her for that. But man, when I'm weak, she's strong. And and at times, like I said, she's crazy. And that's what she's known for in the little village of Leesburg, the crazy page. And, um, you know, at times, even though the craziness is good at times, it, it can be a weakness for her. And I've been able to be the calm and steady for her in those times and just really be strong in that. So, that's just a thought I had kind of processing through it as we talk. Now, when it comes to communication, when it comes to talking, when it comes to listening to your wife, how do you guys, how do you guys do with that? What is it? What does it look? I mean, do you, for let me, let me give you an example. Okay. So there are a lot of times where I get home and my wife wants to talk. And it's, for me as a man, if I come home and I've worked and I'm busy, the last thing that I want to do is sit down and talk. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm, this is not me picking on Emma at all, but like it's, sh- she'll tell a story and it's, get to the point. But she has to talk about every detail of every little thing before. She, and I already know where she's going to go with it. Like, I already know how this story ends, right? But I have to wait. And it, it gets frustrating for me. And so it becomes very hard to listen. Is that something like you guys have found in, in your situations? Well, it looks like the time's up today. So, <laughs> hey Nelson, you picked the subject, dude. Yeah, I, did. I did. I threw it out there, and they bit hard. They, they, the people who listen, they can't see me and Nelson looking at each other like, "You go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> Change the subject. Uh, you, you can talk over me and interrupt me here any moment. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, I think that's just a different dynamic between men and women. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, you know, that's uh, a, that's a cop out. I've I've got. I have an hour commute each way, and there were times that Taylor would want to talk to me the whole way home. And she probably felt like she was doing you a service by doing that too. But then, what do we talk about when I get home? (laughs) (laughs) 
So that's something that, you know, like there have been times where, you know, she's definitely told me that like, you're not listening, you're not paying attention. Like, and that's just, I mean, that is definitely something that I also struggle with is, uh, being present for those conversations. They're important to them for sure. That's why they're telling you. Mm -hmm. And does she get like really frustrated with you? That's never happened in my house. <laughs> liar. <laughs> fake Peter news. Fake is news. A liar. <laughs> Absolutely she does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you know, and, and this is something that, you know, as I was kind of looking at some stuff going in the podcast, it was something that came up. And the the guy leading the podcast says Instead of, like, have the conversation and and say, you know, from a woman's perspective, saying, hey, give give them two to three minutes bursts, and if they don't bite, if they don't answer, then go on to the next thing. But don't don't get into that argument of you're not listening to me, you're not, you know. And again, I think it is. It's just an understanding thing. It's understanding men versus women, understanding how we go about our day. Versus not, you know, the thing that I've said, and this is not right, but this is what I've said to her. I said, listen, you know, I counsel and talk to people all the time. When I come home, that's the last thing that I want to do is like, is like talk and, and counsel and, and, you know, now is that right? No, I, I have to, I have to be present as you said, but that's, that's, that's how I feel, you know? And, and so having that conversation and, and, and even like there are times where I need for her to remind me about things. And then there are times where like, she'll remind me about things. I'm like, I know, I know already. You don't have to remind me again. Like, you know, but I don't know that I'm consistent enough for her not to act like that or, or be that way at times. Anyway, you answer the question now, Cody. What was the question again? I forget. I was mesmerized. <laughs> mesmerized. Oh, no, no. I remember now. <laughs> I can't believe they're saying this on a podcast. <laughs> No, um, I would say for me, it would be like our conversations where I'm supposed to express some type of empathy or sympathy for her as she's speaking. She'll talk about her bad day at work or her bad day with whatever, fill in the blank, family, friends, whatever. And I tell myself not to listen or my or something in, in me is like, just really doesn't want to listen. I'm just like, you don't even know what a bad day is. Like, what, what are you, you're mm. acting this crazy about this, you know? And I think it's a part of it. it my job impacts that I am desensitized to a lot of things and a lot of emotions. And so when she tells me about this, I'm just like, Oh yeah. She's like, you don't even care. And so it comes off like I don't care. And I, I do care, but like, kind of like Kevin, I try to solve people's problems in a different aspect, not counseling. My counseling sometimes results in jail. Um, <laughs> I would like for my counseling to result in jail sometimes. <laughs> but uh, the last thing I want to do is come home and have to listen to more. Sorry, Paige. I have to listen to more drama. Um, and I just want to kind of download at my house. And it's, that's my safe zone. And so part of me is like in my head thinking like, why doesn't she understand that? But you know, I also fail to communicate that a lot with her. And the other part of it is, is like I had a friend who, who does counseling and he told me like, listen, her bad day and your bad day are two complete different things. You can't weigh them the same. And so when she's having a bad day, that's equivalent to your bad day. Even though if you told to or a, a common person outside of the realm of your conversation and said, hey, what day was worse? They would probably pick yours more than likely. But it doesn't matter because it's you and her and it's that marriage, your eyes is marriage. And so, you know, you need to understand that. And so, you know, I've really tried to do well in, in doing that. Again, I fail every once in a while, more so than not. But um, just trying to just be attentive and be an active listener and and just try to be there. But I still suck at times with that. Yeah, Uh, we all do. I mean, and that's, and that's honestly, I, if you don't take anything away from this, I think take this away. We are all growing. We're all learning. You know, we're all at different places. I, I think the most important thing is, is to, to just, 
be better, to, to challenge ourselves in those ways. When, you know, the thing that I've, I've tried to do more recently is when she's talking is hit pause or turn the TV off, turn, look at her and then engage, you know, in that. I think the other thing that I always want to do is I always want to fix the problem. And, you know, that's that's what I get, I mean, not really, but this that's what I get paid to do, fix people's problems. Like, to, a, to a, I mean, not really, but that's how I view it at times, right? Is, like, I, I'm here to listen to you and give you godly advice. And so I carry that into my relationship with my spouse. And that isn't always what she needs or what she wants. And, and so it is being able to engage and listen and just offer empathy or give a reaction emotionally or whatever that is, you know, um, to, to, to encourage and love her. Um, and I think we're like, again, we're all different places, but, but, but like really kind of engaging in or being active in what we're doing, make, make creating action to, to, to the things that we know that we should do, you know? And I think as we do that, you know, we can become better spiritual leaders. Uh, the Bible doesn't really define what that exactly is. Practically, it leaves a lot open to that for the reasons that you guys are sitting here right now and saying, well, pages, praise in our home and my wife does this and or my wife does this you know Emma was sitting with Nora with her homework last night and she sat there with her for probably an hour and a half two hours working with stuff and I'm just I'm like thank you God for a <laughs> wife that can do that and would do that yeah. right because <clears throat> I was sitting there and Emma's like, Nora's like, hey, dad, will you work my homework? And I work a little bit. And I just, I was getting frustrated and I was like, here, go to your mother. Like, you know, mm. I, I just, you know, and so in every home, it's going to be different. But as, as God reveals to us those things that are our roles, clinging to that and going after that, you know, as, as energetically as we do our jobs, you know, if, if we love them and, and we want to do them well, as energetically and as much as we do with our relationships that we really love, you know, um, or even those things that just are passions to us, like like making that a thing and not taking the other person for granted. Final thoughts? I have one final food for thought, maybe some advice for men out there. You guys ready to hear it? Oh, my. This is kind of about being a leader. So... Paige and I were watching the TV show. This been a little bit, I don't know, a couple years ago. And as we're watching this show, this guy on the, t- on, the sh- on the show gets home. He goes up to his wife. He gives her a hug, and he says, how was your day? And Paige goes, man, that is one sexy man. And I was looking at the guy on the screen, and I, you know, I'm like, he's no Brad Pitt. He's not... Channing Tatum or whatever whatever his name is, I'm thinking. And I look at her, I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, why is he so, why is he so attractive? She's like, because he came home and he asked his wife how her day was in a loving way. And so I tried that, and, you know, she appreciates it. <laughs> so, so it's being attentive and being sympathetic, empathetic with them. And uh, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to use that. So I did. So. And, I, and they all, I mean, there, there are, you know, every woman has something that, is important to them. I think, you know, I, I talked a little bit before I, I did Greg Abbott, um, hooked me up with a Enneagram test just as a friend and just, you know, just for spiritual growth and really understanding myself. And I let Emma read who I was. She picked it out almost immediately. You're this before she even looked at my results. You're this person, aren't you? And I said, yes. And she started reading and she started laughing because of some of the some of the downfalls of my personality um because it's so true i mean just to a t I, understanding each other doing things like that you know whether it be you know reading i i, I really like the book love and respect because it's kind of like that it allows you to pick out some things personality wise marriage wise that we kind of just we don't realize and so we read that book together that was really good for us um 
personality things. What is their love language? Like, how do they receive love from you? You know, yours may be personal touch, whereas hers may be gifts, you know, um, acts of kindness, things like that. Knowing that, you know, and keying in on those things that, okay, like, I know she appreciates this. And then, like, doing those things is a big deal. You know, really, again, putting energy in action to to those to those things. Final thoughts, Nelson. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, just really just learn to be a team and learn to work through things together. Um, you know, more's caught than taught. I mean, we're doing this, <laughs> and, you know, we're building a, you know, even, even your relationships, a foundation for your children's relationship in the future for their spouse and their, whoever they're going to be with. So, Absolutely. Um, and you're really setting forth that foundation for what they need to look for. And hopefully, you know, you pray that, that, you know, they're looking for the same thing that you're providing for your wife. Yeah. Um, cool. Yes, sir. Cody, will you close in prayer? Next week. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking we'll forget, like we forgot to sing him happy birthday. I'll put a note down. You forgot to sing Cody happy birthday. I did not forget. I saved you all. That experience. <laughs> you should sing him happy, belated happy birthday. That's not going to happen. <sighs> no. Will you pray? I'll pray. Oh, sure. yes. Good. Right, I've never done yeah. it on a podcast. Cody's doing it next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time, this fellowship, this opportunity to get our voice out and just that people are able to learn something. And we just pray that they listen attentively and they uh, just take things that we say with a grain of salt and that they... Uh, are encouraged by it and just maybe uh, plant a seed uh, for your kingdom, Lord. We just uh, please bless us and just help to keep us straight and narrow for the rest of the week. And have name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Comment, share, tell your friends. Have a good week. See you later. Bye.